0: What's going on everybody and welcome to another edition of Weekly Walk Off on the Did You Hear Podcast, part of the Blue Wire Hustle Podcast Network. I'm Emma Houghton, he's Pat Zhang, and we've got another two-part series this week, Pat, the We love it. MLB Festivities Week has concluded. We're gonna give our reactions from the All-Star game a few nights ago, and then look ahead to the start of the second half of the season.
1: Yeah, always a fun point in the baseball season here now as we just experienced All-Star Week and we get to move into the second half of the season. Trade deadline is just about oh, yeah. two weeks away. Uh, things are about to really heat up, and this is this is the one of the best times of the year for baseball.
0: Yeah, I love the trade, de- trade deadline time. I hope it is overflowing with trades mm-hmm. and news and notes and the whole thing. Just a reminder, if you listened on Wednesday, this will be our last episode for a few weeks. Pat will be flying solo for the July Players of the Month. We're taking a bit of a summer vacation because of the Olympics. And then we will be back. But I think this is actually the perfect time to to take it, really, because we're looking ahead to the second half. And then we'll be back when it's right in the swing of things, beginning of August.
1: Yeah, trade deadline will have happened. You know, we've had it. We'll have a couple more weeks play out and see how teams can position themselves for for the stretch run there in August and September. So, uh, really, uh, we'll be very excited to get back to it when we do.
0: Yeah, cannot wait for that. So let's talk about the All Star Game first. We did the Derby and the Draft on Wednesday's episode. Mm-hmm. Make sure to check that out. The American League defeats the national league in the all-star game five to two for the eighth straight year i didn't realize there was so much dominance i went into it thinking the national league was gonna win i thought the offense was just crazy good we talked we mentioned it in the wednesday episode i think if pitchers had been healthy slash available in the national league Mm -hmm. that rotation would have just been absolutely insane but that's not how it worked out
1: Oh god it killed me that Zach Wheeler only pitched for oh. the final out. Uh oh it hurt. It hurt for the season it, it, that he's been having. I
0: think it was a crime. it, I think it, it hurt. It was me. a crime. He should have been the starter of the all star game. I firmly believe that. He's having a better season than Max Scherzer. And it was like two one or two outs in the eighth inning, right? I couldn't believe it. I was so disappointed.
1: Yeah, it's uh he he closed it. He was the last out um there and it was what a season wheelers had um Mm. but yeah uh, to your point the american league since 2000 has won 17 of the all-star games It's crazy just a three-year stretch from 2010 to 2012 where the national league won and then in 2002 was the famous tie um otherwise it has been all american league and as you said i thought the national league had it this year i do think that pitching was a big part of that with a a lot of the big guns sideline for the national league woodruff Degrom, and gosman all out of the all-star game um but what you saw here is the american league has a ton of talent and especially in the american league east as that is one of my takeaway as all five of the rbis came from american league east players
0: excellent point Love that.
1: I thought you might as a Red Sox fan. <laughs>
0: Very cool. Yeah, the only the only Red Sox performance that I was freaking out over was Matt Barnes mm-hmm. in those late innings. And that actually brings me to my favorite moment of the entire game was Jared Walsh's catch in oh, left yes. field. Yes, yes. I audibly reacted. I could not believe he made that catch. Has never played left field in a major league game before. And he went out there and made this absolutely insane diving play that saved at least two runs, and it was 5-2 at the the time, so that would have put the NL right back into it. That was my favorite part, but going back to just your RBI point in the AL East and how the American League plays, it was scrappier than I thought it was Mm going to be. They moved players along from station to station. It was funny to watch, especially being at course – I mean, Vladdy's home run was 468 feet. It, it looked like he was playing that, in the home
1: run derby with that home run. With it was at, it, it was
0: a video game, just like yeah. Pete Alonso. Yep. But other than that, it was pretty to the basics of baseball, which I think was kind of funny, honestly.
1: It, yeah, it was strange for the game that we're used to. with seeing right. runs get knocked in, um, you know, through putting the ball in play. You know, it was ground ball to the right side, or, or it was a dribbler from Marcus Simeon knocked in. The National League only struck out three times. I mean... <laughs> When do you really see that in a baseball game anymore? It's only three K's from one side. But, I mean, it was a lot of fun to see. As you said, I wish we could have seen the the nl pitchers i would say my favorite part was uh vladdy when he got out in the first inning and then giving the hug to max scherzer just because so funny. seeing the mammoth of a man or a man child because <laughs> thinking of how young vladdy still is go up to max scherzer one of the most intense pitchers we have ever seen in this sport and to give him a hug uh i i thought that was fantastic
0: <laughs> so cool so cool another high point for me and this wasn't intentional by any means. Liam Hendricks' performance, and performance is the only word I had for it, mm-hmm. in the ninth inning while he was while he had a hot mic. I mean,
1: you, I'm you, sure Fox— You brought up one of my other points on the hot <laughs> mic, so go for it.
0: I'm sure Fox wouldn't have let that happen if they knew how it was going to go. But it just—I really like that we get to hear from players. Uh-huh. Certain players, especially Freddie Freeman, is
1: was just awesome, the best.
0: so good. Chris Bryant had a good interview, except I thought it was ridiculous that Joe Buck literally said, "This will probably be the last time we've seen you. We see you play in a Cubs uniform." I yeah, couldn't that's believe right. he said that. I'm—I'm I'm just not for it. You don't see it in other games. I get that baseball has a slower tempo. I think it's painful. I think it's awkward. Most of the times, the questions are not necessary. And I think they got burned a little bit by the Liam Hendricks thing. And I I, I feel like stuff like this always happens and I wonder where they're gonna go. This one seems like a defining moment for what the hot mics will look like in the future.
1: So it's funny that you bring it up, because yes, that is the situation that that a lot of people will point to and and totally understandable for it. I actually really like the mics during these all-star games. Really? Why I do is just because it is different. You know, this isn't a regular season game where the stakes are so high. It is an all-star game trying to showcase the best talent. So I do think it's cool to have, you know, Fernando Tatis on the mic when Vladdy Guerrero hits a 460-foot home run. I think that's fun to have kind of the instant reaction to it. Freddie Freeman is just... He's a Brave, which I think a lot of a lot of fans are are not high on the Braves. If you're not a Braves fan, he is one of the most likable guys in the entire sport. Truly. And, and it's Truly. interviews like that that show his personality, why it's so great. Listen, you also have the negatives to it, as you said with Hendricks. Xander Bogarts came up in the first inning, and you could tell Xander Bogarts had no interest in being on the mic. And then Joe Buck yelled at him when he struck out, Oh, I got you there. Like, it, there's a way to do it. And listen, I think Joe Buck is a very good commentator. But there, there are ways to do it in which, you know, just bring out the player's personality. Let them talk spotlight on them. So I do like the mic. But yes, of course, it is going to open them up to situations <laughs> that could happen, as right. we saw.
0: And I think there was... Oh, it, it must have been kind of... I was going to say either a playoff game or a semi-important game last year where Ramon Laureano was on the mic. And it was... Abysmal. It yeah, was you can't so do it there. awkward, and I I guess especially in the All Star game, that's when you want to see the personalities. Mm-hmm. But I think they do they need to do a little bit of a better job of vetting the candidates, uh, maybe yes. asking if they're into it, and you can say no, and maybe prepping them with some questions and not giving them a hard time because it's so dependent on the player's personality. And you're right, you do get some really good moments. From Freeman, and even the Freeman versus Rizzo moments earlier in the season, when Freeman was caught in that, in that rundown when Rizzo was pitching. Yes. but then it it seems like the awkward ones stick in my head. They more. they
1: do. They stick out mo- and they should really just stay away from pitchers because it's so yeah. hard for pitchers to try and you know pitch while uh, while sitting out there on the mic it's you know you've got a position player out there there's at least some time where they're of course they're ready for the ball to get hit to them but you know they're they're not trying to formulate a game plan and execute a pitch so maybe we shy away from the pitchers and stick with the position players continue to highlight you know some of the better personalities in the sport and if you go that way i i think there could be there's a place for it in my mind again it sticks in the all-star game i know they also do it during spring training which yeah. is a, another good time to do it obviously not meaningful games just don't, don't do this during the regular season or postseason, yeah. please. I think
0: that's a very fair way to put it. I completely agree with that. I do think it. there's the pros and cons to really being the only sport that does it. Because mm-hmm. you get a little bit of an insight into the game that you don't see. Yep. But it, when it goes badly, it's just another thing that goes against baseball that fans seem to, to use against it. So I was kind of split about this game in particular. But when you have personalities as good as Freeman and Tatis, it is... It is really cool. I'm waiting on that news about Freddie's extension. Ooh. I am the Braves need on it, it right now. The Braves need something to go right for them this second half of the season.
1: Yeah, no, I, I could definitely see that.
0: Any other big moments you want to talk about? The show? Should we talk about the show? Maybe seems necessary. Yeah, I guess so. I mean, I,
1: I will say you brought up Liam Hendricks. He, as you said, he was the closing pitcher for them and got the final outs as he will in October. So I'll just throw oh. that out there as my, my oh. prediction. But you know, you you go
0: with the show. He's an absolute maniac. I he think is. we mentioned it on the Wednesday episode because we were recording just as it happened. He threw, Shohei Otani threw the fastest pitch in the All-Star game. Mm-hmm. He also batted leadoff for the American League and had two at-bats. One of them I thought was going to get through. His I did first too, that hit, first at-bat. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I was hoping that one would go through to the outfield. I I truly, criticism aside, I truly love the All-Star game. I think it's really fun. <clears throat> I think you see guys trying relatively hard. It doesn't seem like yes. a slouch in a lot of the other All-Star games that you see across different sports. Baseball's tough, and this is the perennial issue because Shohei Otani went 0 for 2, and some of the other stars didn't have amazing games, but I don't think that should be the point. I don't think that should be what people focus on. Shohei Otani, especially the fact that he did both. Retired Fernando Tatis Jr., that's a big enough feat in and of itself. But I came away from it happy. I think it's always a good watch. And yeah, the the infield of the al team in that left side was full red Sox, right side was full blue jays the al Uh east in general the youth of baseball right now i think is so much fun to be around overall i I felt like it was a success i felt like the whole week was a success
1: i did too i also find it entertaining that two of the all-star starters in the national league were pittsburgh pirates based yes. on, the, on the season that they're having. And that is obviously not a shot at all at Brian Reynolds and Adam Fraser, Both of them are, are wonderful players. I, I think Brian Reynolds is a real stud, and yeah. Adam Fraser has had such a great year. Uh, on Otani, uh, just to go into just the, the craziness that it was, he broke baseball reference. They were not able to get the All-Star Game box score up because he was a pitcher and designated hitter. You're kidding. I am not. They actually tweeted out that he was the reason for the delay because the site is not coded for someone to be entered as a pitcher and a DH. Oh, so, my jaw is dropped. He literally, he is doing things that are so out of this world, he broke baseball reference. Um, Obviously amazing to, to see what he did there. So cool for him to start and to hit as well. And then on baseball's health as a whole, the All-Star game, I believe, drew about 10 million um people at its, at its height which was way more than both the NBA All-Star Game and the NFL Pro Bowl. It's so a production.
0: It's it, a production more than any of the other ones. So
1: people love to kill baseball. Listen, we will take our shots at it at time to time as well, but I, I think baseball has really grown itself into a pretty good spot.
0: And a global spot. Yes. The winning pitcher was Shohei Otani from Japan. The AL MVP, the All-Star Game MVP was Vladimir Guerrero Jr., and the playing for a team in Canada, playing for a team in Canada. Thank you. And the closer was Liam Hendricks from Australia. Mm-hmm. That is just about as global as you can get.
1: It's it's pretty cool. It's uh, I I'm very happy. We've talked about it a million times. Very happy with the direction baseball is headed in. Yeah,
0: it's it was it was really fun to see all those. It's obviously. Tough to see the injury. I was thinking a lot about Ronald Acuna Jr. Actually, Ozzy Albies had a really good interview, too. He did, too. When he was talking about how he was getting all the signatures to bring back for Acuna. That was a really cool moment. But I think it's fun to see all these guys being friends. I mean, I think about all the time the way that baseball used to be with the rivalries, and Yankees and Red Sox players hated each other so much Mm -hmm. that they couldn't even be civil. And while that's awesome— I honestly think I lean towards the other way. I like seeing it like this because it just, it means everybody's in a good spot. And I think one, that's what baseball exception. needs.
1: One exception. One exception. The Houston Astros did not attend.
0: You are right. And I think one that was shooting exception. themselves in the foot.
1: I do too. I think you got to embrace it at this point and just go for it and take your, take your bullets. <sighs> uh, they chose not to. But I don't
0: want to go down this rabbit I hole. I don't either.
1: Just had to mention it.
0: But I have to mention something else too. The walk-off home run that Jose Altuve hit. Was it Uh-oh. the last game of the first half? It, it was the last been. weekend. It I'm was the weekend. Sure. Yeah. yeah. I actually think it was because the Red Sox lost to the Phillies. I was so depressed. And then... the I drove
1: past Fenway that day. Oh, really? <laughs> yeah. It was yeah, on my way back from Boston.
0: The Astros ended up walking off the Yankees, so I felt much better. But there was all that controversy because... They tore off Jose Altuve's mm-hmm. jersey, and Martin Maldonado... Well, first Aaron Judge made that jab about the buzzer on the chest, and then Martin Maldonado did the same thing, and it was buzzing again. And it was. And then the Astros had to go and not not represent their team at the All-Star game, which I feel like truly was shooting, shooting themselves in the foot. I don't know why you would continue to make it a thing by doing that. I get injuries... I think Correa's is on the IL now. I think it's a legit concern, but just not a good look. Not a I,
1: good look. Also, I thought it was weak, and I yeah. can I'll, I'll I'll leave it at that. So we don't we don't fully go into an Astros All right. podcast. right, we'll, we'll yeah. leave it there. Yeah,
0: <laughs> this is the part I am very excited about. So I came up with three. You came up with two or three predictions for the second half. Yep. They are not team based in terms of what teams we think are going to make the playoffs. I think. We've mentioned that we think they are pretty much set in terms of the nl you're gonna have to win the division if you're Mm -hmm. not in the west in order to get in and the east i mean the al is is pretty open at this point maybe some fluctuation in the al east if any we're gonna focus on some specific players i have a baseball general prediction i like it i have a trade deadline prediction i will start with the show though please do and I truly think that Shohei Ohtani will hit 55-plus home runs. Ooh. I think he's going to keep up this pace. He's at 33 right now. He already broke Hideki Matsui's record Which at the amazing. halfway point of the yeah. season. I think he is literally going to stay this hot. I think he's going to be runaway for AL MVP. He already is, even if Vladi wins Triple Crown. I've said that I would give Shohei Ohtani the MVP, I can see Shohei Ohtani literally getting better in the second half.
1: I'm interested to see which side of him we see gets better. I think Mm. that the pitching has an opportunity to become even stronger for him. I don't know if he can keep up the home run pace that he's currently at right now because it's just so crazy. Of course, he's sitting there at 33 home runs at the All-Star break. (laughs) Yep. Uh, But Ohtani, obviously, just absolutely incredible. I'm a little... um, less hot on it just because of what i'm about to say next for my prediction okay (laughs) but uh i uh, is in for an incredible second half of the season i'm sure
0: yeah i definitely don't see any regression no if anything exhaustion might play into it Mm -hmm. if anything from the week that he had is any indication of how tired he is and how well deserved that feeling is but you're right in that there are definitely more more parts of his game to pick apart on the pitching side. I think he can get that command under control a little bit. He can limit the big the big runs, but I I'm gonna be positive here. I think he's gonna do it. I think he's gonna eclipse 55.
1: I, it's definitely possible, and it's not me being negative on him. It is because my the prediction. Pace is that vladimir guerrero jr is going to win the american
0: League? no patrick i
1: i think vladdy's gonna do it and put every single baseball voter in the worst position you could physically be in when it comes to american league mvp just the tear that we've seen him go on this season now of course july has been a little less than that but it's only nine games um I have been so impressed by the transformation that we have seen in Vladimir Guerrero Jr. from the player he was his first couple seasons to the behemoth he is at the plate right now that I think that he is going to go on and win this Triple Crown. It just... I, I, Average-wise, I'm not the only guy that would, I think can really catch him is Michael Brantley, just the style. Home run, of course, is Otani. Right. And, then, and then you're going to have Devers right there with RBIs as, mm. as both of them are RBI machines. But if the Blue Jays' offense breaks out in the way, or breaks out, continues to hit in the way that I think it's going to, with George Springer staying hot, with all that help around Guerrero, he's going to have a lot of chance to drive in runs. We know about the power. I think he, I think he's going to win that Triple Crown.
0: If my bottom line from this is that if George Springer goes off, mm-hmm. the Blue Jays might Watch just out. make
1: the playoffs. Watch yeah. out.
0: Um, so you think winning the triple crown? If he if he doesn't win the triple triple crown, does he win AL MVP? No. Okay, so <laughs> those are lofty eggs. Ex- Can you even believe that we're having this conversation No, right because now?
1: the funny thing is, otherwise I'd be like, yeah, he's probably your American League MVP. Oh my gosh. But it's if he so does insane. not win the Triple Crown, I think Kotani wins in a runaway. If he yeah. does win the Triple Crown, I think there's a conversation to be had. Man. He would also if he does do it, he'd be the first one to win it since Miguel Cabrera to do it since Miguel Cabrera in twenty twelve. But yep. before that it was Yastremsky in sixty-seven. Wow. Just to show you how rare of a feat it is. That's
0: crazy. And J.D. It has, Martinez almost did it yes, in twenty eighteen. Yes.
1: And it has not been done in the National League since nineteen thirty seven. Wow. That's just to incredible. show you how rare of a possible feat this is with Vladdy. I think Vladdy would shoe in is not fair because of how hard it is to do it but would be even more likely to do it if there wasn't a man named Shohei Atani that can't mm-hmm. stop hitting home runs right now. Mm-hmm. But just to kind of put everything into perspective, that is the type of pace that he's on.
0: Isn't that crazy that the one guy that could yeah. stop him from winning am MVP it's is also a pitcher. going to out him and, yeah, it's, uh, it's, it's, and pitch? You know what's even more rare than people who have won triple crowns? What's that? People who can pitch and hit. Amen to that. That's all I'm going to say. Amen to that. (laughs) I'm so excited. That's going to be the best story. It's going to be quite a race. Yep. I will move on. My second prediction is that I do not think there will be another no hitter this season. I love that. We have seen six so far, six from pitchers, and that's Joe Musgrove, John Means, Carlos Rodon, Corey Kluber, Spencer Turnbull, Wade Miley. I count Madison Bumgarner seven inning no hitter in my book, and then the Cubs no hit the Dodgers as a team.
1: Oh, if you if you're counting Bumgarner, you got to count the Rays. Uh, and the no Rays, hitter. okay, <laughs> seven I, inning.
0: I, <laughs> so actually, that's a, an ethical thing because I kind of don't count the Rays in the seven. Oh, no oh,
1: I think I got you.
0: That does make me my logic look a little faulty. Yeah, I'm gonna have to add them to that list. It's okay, a combined so no hitter.
1: It's always it's always less. You know, oomph behind it if it's a
0: right. Game a little, I guess it's just in my head. They just mean less to me. They really just mean less I, to
1: me. I I think that's totally fair, and I well to me at least. I'm sure there are some people that would disagree with it, but of I, course, I, I completely agree with that. I've one.
0: always thought of them differently in my head, but to give the Cubs credit, in this particular instance, they no-hit the Dodgers. Mm-hmm. And I've said it before: when all these no hitters were happening, it would be even crazier if these pitchers started to no-hit offenses like Los Angeles's, and that is exactly what happened. So I do have to give them credit there. I think though, the combination of the summer months when we already see a peak in home runs, and then of course, full-fledged, no sticky stuff is running rampant, pitchers struggling, spin rate down. I don't think we're gonna see another one. So it will be the craziest first half of the season we've ever seen for pitchers. And I think offense is going to catch up in the second half.
1: Mm. Yeah, I, I, I like it. The, again, the reason why I, I don't give you too much was because my third prediction was going to be that offense picks up. So okay. there goes one of them. <laughs> so I'll stick with two then. <laughs> but yes, I, I agree with you. Um, no hitter wise, I still think there's a chance we see one more. Okay, Just with the frequency that we've seen them this season, I could definitely see someone going out there and getting it just with with the strikeout rates and everything but uh, as i'm saying here too i'm completely aligned in that offense is on the rise average yeah. was up you know the for the past month runs are up for the past month home runs are up for the past month like the ball is getting put in play and getting hit hard a lot more often so i do think there's a chance we don't see any more no hitters
0: do you have an uh, a name in your head of a guy you think is going to throw the no hitter or is it just law of averages you law just of think averages. it's going to happen just law of averages With with
1: some of the names we've seen this year, I think it has shown that it's a law of averages.
0: Completely. I'm I'm (laughs) going to say a crapshoot. It's not a law (laughs) of averages. It is completely random. Also that. Uh, Another thing to your offense point, too. I think we are seeing a lot of young stars coming up. Jared Kelnick got the call. Jaron Duran got the call for the first time. Yes, that's an exciting one. I'm really excited to see what these young stars would do. I think Wander Franco will continue to get better. Taylor Walls will continue to get better. A lot of these young guys. Julio Rodriguez on the Mariners? I don't know if he's expected to come up this year. I don't know
1: if they'll call him up this year. If they continue to be in a playoff race, maybe they do.
0: Which is not something I expected you to Uh, say. They they
1: won't be. I think they're at a minus 50 run differential. I can't see them keeping this up for too much longer. But hey, we're at the All-Star break and they're over 500.
0: Yeah, and then it's the Wild Cards. Then Mm -hmm. it's the, the Adley Rushmans and the Bobby Witt Juniors and... The Mackenzie Gores, potentially. We will see. see I'm excited about that. I'm excited.
1: And Kumar Rocker, I'm kidding. Though ESPN (laughs) did say, oh, Kumar Rocker might come up uh, for the stretch run here. Kumar Rocker will not be pitching for the Mets this year, I'm sorry. As much as I love the pick.
0: The narrative has kind of been the same around Jack Lyder, too.
1: Yeah, I've seen that as well. Let's let these kids just had a, a condensed season especially for Vanderbilt they threw both of them through so many innings let's give them a little bit of time to rest their arms and develop them the right way rather than trying to uh, rush them into major league baseball
0: yeah and you and I have talked I think they will both come up sooner rather than as later. do I I think they will be the first in their class as
1: do I just this year makes no sense in
0: my absolutely none has that ever happened before I can't yes. imagine that ever happening
1: uh yeah, someone did it. I'm feel terrible. I'm blanking on it. That debuted like thirty or sixty days after they were drafted. Wow. I cannot think of it right they were now. Just it was a, that it was a ready. pitcher. Um huh. oh, I'm so bothered by the fact I don't have it. But yes, it, it but as you can tell, it's so incredibly rare. Yeah.
0: If it comes to you, feel free I to to shout it out.
1: I will, I will.
0: So that leads me into my most bogus prediction.
1: Oh, I love it. Let's go.
0: And it's a trade candidate. So the reports have come out. It seems like everybody is dead set on the idea that the Cubs will be sellers. At the deadline, you and I have ranked the teams that will be sellers in the past. We've got the top three of definitely the Twins. At this point, definitely the Cubs. If the Reds decide to be sellers, they're going to be right up there too. All the all the buzz has been around Chris Bryant, Craig Kimbrell, even Javier Baez. I think there is a guy that could leave the cubs that people actually aren't talking about enough Uh oh and it's anthony rizzo
1: oh that would be the heartbreaker
0: so i'll say the trade and then i'll talk about it from the cubs perspective and then i'll talk about it from the other team's perspective (laughs) okay i gotta just don't talk just don't talk about it
1: from the cubs fan perspective because you're gonna make them cry
0: (laughs) it would it would be heartbreaking but here's my trade anthony rizzo goes to the boston red sox goes back for Michael Chavis and Eduard Bazzardo, who is the 23rd ranked prospect in the Boston system. So I guess I'll di- when you hear that, what's the first thing that comes to your head?
1: I think the Cubs are going to... I think they would ask for more. Okay. I, I think there's a baseline there. I think they would... From going off of the, the trades they made in the offseason, they clearly want very young but high upside type players, so i think there would be a couple extra prospects okay
0: so that's what i thought so i think there are probably five untouchables in the red sox system and i'll just name them off the top of my head tristan casas mm-hmm. duran jeter downs who came from the the mookie bats deal yes tanner hauck comes into my head connor siebold some of these pitchers where the where boston runs into problems is their pitching their healthy pitching depth So I kind of had to be creative thinking about what guys the Cubs would want who have proven that they can stay healthy, and that's obviously not something you can guarantee, but who also won't be relied on to make a difference in the next two years. Mm -hmm. Because if Rizzo gets dealt, that also means that Kimbrel and Bryant are long gone. So I kind of already assumed that had happened in my head. Sure. So I'll start on the Cubs side. It would Anthony Rizzo is the lifeblood of the Chicago Cubs organization. Yes, he he has been that. He was the main part of their World Series run ending that 108-year draft. But Anthony's Rizzo, Anthony Rizzo's career is currently in a decline. From 2014 to 2019, he had a 141 weighted runs created plus that's 41% better than league average. In 2020 and 2021, 108 Weighted runs created plus. Mm-hmm. So to put it up, to put that in the perspective, still an above average hitter, and I think the untangibles will always make Anthony Rizzo elite. But 2020 shortened season aside, we're still seeing issues in his game this year too. I just think if the Cubs are gonna go quote unquote rebuild, which I've already said, the Cubs have the luxury of never having to tag it as that because they are the One of the biggest market teams in the league. I think they can spark up something with Rizzo, Mm -hmm. where he can go out and win a championship, and that's part of the reason why I picked the Boston Red Sox. I only think—don't laugh at me, Pat. No, I'm not. No, no,
1: no. That was me clearing my throat. Oh, sorry. I thought my mic because it's not working. No, no, no.
0: (laughs) I thought you uh, snickered, and I was going (laughs) to shut that down real quick. I think the Cubs will. I think there will be some mutual respect there. That's what I'm trying to say. They Mm -hmm. want the best for Rizzo if they're going to sign him because, A, they're in a complete rebuild and they don't think he'll want to even sign back with them after free agency because that's what it's going to be. Then it's going to be up to Rizzo to decide if he's going to want to return to Chicago. You might as well deal him at the deadline if everybody else is gone. Get something back. And the reason why the Red Sox popped into my head is because, I know they have a pitching problem. Everyone knows they have a pitching problem. They also have a gaping hole at first base. Definitely. And imagine what Anthony Rizzo could do for this lineup. You wouldn't even have to worry about pitching if the lineup was this good.
1: He is the most difficult one for me to get a read on here if you're the Cubs. Uh a part of you says you're 100% right. He's going to be going into his age 32 season. He is, you know, the, the numbers have, have gone down over the last year and a half. Does it make sense to sign him long term when clearly they're trying to free up money? Right. You can trade him. You know you'll be able to get something back from someone in a contender. He's got the playoff experience. We know all about his leadership qualities. He's, he, he'd be an attractive piece for someone. The other part of me says if they re-sign anyone, it's going to be him, just because of everything you mentioned in there, for everything that he means to the Cubs, for everything he's done for the Cubs, for how, you know, say they can view it as it's a year and a half where he hasn't been great. He's still been fine this year. You know, he's still performing over league average. It's just not the Anthony Rizzo that we're used to. I mean, If you're talking to me about Brian or Kimbrell, I think both of them are 100% gone. Um, It it goes to Rizzo. So I I think there are two sides to the coin, but I do not count that out.
0: I guess the biggest question to me is, is that what Rizzo wants? Mm -hmm. Does he want to go back to this Cubs team that doesn't really have a direction right now? Or if they do have a direction, it's five years away. uh, And that means Rizzo isn't contributing in the next couple of years of his prime that's left, if it's even considered his prime anymore.
1: I'll go with this, you know, he shut down negotiations because he was so insulted by what the Cubs were offering. I remember that. So very clearly, you know, he is saying either for the Cubs, you know, put up a lot more money or I'm not going to be there. So I do think he would be open to moving.
0: I guess the flip side is that he can probably only do that with the Cubs. Because as a 32-year-old reaching free agency with the decline in numbers... And we're also being very harsh. This is still mm-hmm. Anthony Rizzo, who is better than league average. Still got just, a three forty
1: on base as well. Right.
0: Just the complete picture of him isn't as good as it was in years past, and that was two years ago. Yep. I just thought it was an interesting one because I think Chris Bryant is going to go. You mentioned the Brewers, right?
1: Uh, was that, I mentioned oh, that was Donaldson. Donaldson for Brewers. Yeah. yeah. I don't think the Cubs would trade him in division.
0: That's true. Giants, maybe. Yep. A lot Giants, of options. Possibility. Brian's gone. Kimbrel is a hundred percent gone, if not the mm-hmm. first person traded at the I th- deadline. I
1: think he will be of the Cubs, it'll be Kimbrel.
0: Rizzo's interesting. Mm-hmm. And when I tried to think of teams that needed him, similar to the third base discussion we had, I can name off a lot of star first basemen, especially in the AL, that don't need a Rizzo. They have either young guys or they have studs like Olsen and Yuli Guriel. Some teams desperately need first-base help. Honestly, Brewers are another one. The Mm -hmm. Red Sox desperately need help first base. Yeah, Brewers don't have a (laughs) first-base. Yeah, and Michael Chavis, I personally am higher on him than the Red Sox seem to value him at. He continues to go back and forth. He continues to be the fourth or fifth option. He can hit. Even Bobby Mm -hmm. Dahlbeck. Throw Bobby Dahlbeck in there. I'm fine with that. I would rather have a proven star like Anthony Rizzo versus... Letting Dahlbeck or or Chavis grow into themselves. You throw a pitching prospect. Throw throw two pitching prospects. I'm fine with that. I think you get a big hitter. This is now talking about my Red Sox philosophy at the deadline. Get a big hitter. Preferably at a position of need, like first or second base. And then you go after some high-impact, low-profile arms. Cough, cough. The Rays are the perfect example. And you see what happens.
1: hmm Yeah, I, I I think it's fair. I, if I had to, if I had to say one way, I think he stays. But okay. I do think it's a possibility that they move him.
0: Yeah, it'll be interesting to judge. What about Bias?
1: Baez? Baez, I think they are also not going to trade. I think they'll take that one into the winter and okay. figure out if they want to re-sign him. But Brian and Kimbrel, I'm positive will yeah. be traded.
0: I think they take Bias into the winter and he signs yep. elsewhere for. I a think lot that's possible. Yep. Then the Cubs will want to give him Rizzo. I'm really, I'm really not sure. I can see him giving the huge Homer contract that's going to go down as a bad one because they need some type of morale boost.
1: Mm-hmm. But
0: no, it might fair. be smart to to again grow young, which is what they've done for Darvish and all the other moves that they made. See what happens. It'll be interesting. The Cubs will yeah. be interesting. A lot of teams will be on the phone with the Cubs. I guess we can definitely. leave it at
1: that. It definitely will. They they are going to be a major team here going into the deadline. Yeah. And then I have one more for you that I want to go with for, for prediction-wise. And that, you know, I went with Vladdy in the AL, so why not go to the other big, big superstar in the National League going with Fernando Tatis Jr. And that is that Mr. Tatis Jr. will become the next and latest member of the 40-40 club. Mm-hmm the which would be the first time it was done since Alfonso Soriano in 2006 with the Nationals. We've had a close some close calls, you know, Ronald Acuña in just in 2019 was 41 homers and 37 steals. Jose Ramirez 2018, 39 home runs and 34 steals. But I really think he's going to do it this year. Fernando Tatis going to, to uh, join that 40-40 club. I believe he's sitting on 28 home runs here at the All-Star break, 20 stolen bases. Mm. And remember, that is with missing time through shoulder injury and COVID. So uh, it's, if he stays healthy, I think he's going to do it first time in 15 years. That would be awesome to have a 40-40 member.
0: I was literally just going to say how crazy it is that if he stays healthy, it's a given. Mm-hmm. It's automatic that that's going to happen. If You he just got to stay healthy. healthy. Yep. Wow, yeah, that's it's, it's kind of crazy to me that it it's been that long. I guess it's because we've had so much, so many guys on the brink of it in recent years. Yeah, but Yelich yeah, had is... a thirty
1: thirty season as well. Thirty thirties pop up, you know, but forty yeah. forty you just don't see very often. And as I said, Man. it's been fifteen years, and he's got a real legit chance at doing so.
0: And legitimately, how many times might he do that in his career? And that might be a
1: better question. (laughs) He
0: might be close every single year. And I think Ronald Acuna Jr. is in that same exact category. It will be every single year wondering what new records they're going to break. Mm -hmm. It's the same thing with Vladdy. It's the same thing with Shohei Otani. It is so cool. I love that. I think Stolen Bases is a lost art. I love it. I think it adds a whole new aspect to the game. Whit Merrifield, that's why I love him. Trey Turner, it's another really underrated part of his game. Fernando Tatis makes everything cool. That's the bottom line. He just he brings everything, everything cool. back.
1: He makes he makes everything cool. I, I will not argue with that.
0: Yeah. All right, so we've got a, a busy second half if things go on this pace that we just predicted. <laughs>
1: <laughs> there is going to be a lot to watch in the second half. Uh, even if the playoff race, we think a lot of the teams are are they might jostle for position but we feel pretty good about who's going to make it there's going to be so many different storylines to watch here as we move through the next couple months that baseball is going to be must watch every night as it always is as it always is
0: i have Mm -hmm. one more question please what would prevent jacob degrom from winning the national league mvp right now uh nothing you think he is runaway?
1: i as of currently constituted I, okay. I would say he is. If the Mets miss the playoffs, that's enough, then that's another story. So I, I would say that, um, I mean, how high, I don't think, if we want to go with predictions, I do not think that he's going to break Bob Gibson's ERA title okay. of 1.12. I just think that that's is That's a so valid insane. point, yeah. Uh, I do think it will be under two, uh, and we'll see what the strikeout numbers are at. Um, but I, I think the Mets probably would have to miss the playoffs, because otherwise I, I don't know who you would go with in the National League.
0: I think Tatis. Yeah, I well, yeah. I think Tatis. Yeah. Dumb. I think I was I was curious if you were going to say if Tatis does the 40-40, if he joins the 40-40 club. Now,
1: that could be a fun one.
0: Yeah. Not as great as the Triple Crown if we're being picky mm-hmm. here. But I I still think it's Jacob DeGrom.
1: Yeah, Actually. I I think it's DeGrom's to lose. Yeah. I, that I, exactly. I really That's do. the way to put it.
0: Yeah. And honestly, I I think it's Shohei Otani's to lose. mm mm-hmm. Mhm. Because you and I disagree, but I think if he continues his pace, he wins it. It will have to take something extraordinary yep. for either Vladdy or Fernando Tatis Jr. to do. No, that's that. how I feel. I feel yeah.
1: for Otani to lose, it's going to have to take an act of God, which would yeah. be Vladdy possibly <laughs> winning a triple crown.
0: Oh, I love that. I'm so excited. I hope, I hope it comes down to it. I hope these voters are just cursing everyone because they cannot make this decision. And
1: it's got the potential, too, both in the American League and the National oh, League with yeah. DeGrom and Tatis, Sotani, and Vladdy. And then so we'll see who, who breaks out in the second half, too. That's just yeah. your first half top performers. Who knows what we'll see in the second half?
0: Oh, yeah. Baseball is back. How could you not love baseball? Oh, Look at all these good. second half storylines. Will the Yankees make the playoffs? Just Yes or no? No. I agree. Glad we're on the same page. <laughs> psyched up about it. And again, thanks, thanks to everyone who has been... Rolling with us. We will miss you on our break. I know I will miss podcasting. It's going to be tough.
1: It's going to be weird.
0: Yeah, it's going to be weird. But we're going to get right back into it. And uh, again, yeah, the second half, we have a ton of stuff coming your way.
1: Yeah, I hope everyone's enjoyed kind of this uh, summer baseball content that we've been pushing out. I know we've really enjoyed doing it. Uh, as I said, it's going to be a little weird stepping away for a couple weeks, but, you know, I'll be back to bring you some July players of the month in two weeks, and then we'll be back at it in full in, uh, in just around a month, so. Yeah, really I was excited. thinking,
0: sorry to interrupt, I no. was thinking, Pat, we might not be able to miss trade deadline, too. we might have to do an emergency we might
1: we might have to have a 3 a.m recording yeah we might the only time our schedules are going to (laughs) overlap over the next month
0: it might be too crazy to resist i hope it (laughs) It might be i hope we're forced into that position
1: it might be so maybe be on the lookout for an emergency trade deadline uh episode as well but yeah otherwise can't wait to get back to it
0: awesome
1: sweet all right that'll do it for us here on the did you hear pod weekly walk-off edition be sure to subscribe to the show on iTunes and follow us on Spotify. Leave a rating as well as that really helps us out. Follow us on Instagram and Twitter at. Did you hear Pod and we are back flipping into the weekend. Hope everyone has an awesome weekend and can't wait to talk to you again soon.